welcome to the Medical Receptionist Network podcast show. I'm your host, Siobhan Atkins. Join us as we discuss the importance of clerical and administrative roles and their impact on the healthcare industry. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Medical Receptionist Network podcast show. I am your host, Siobhan Atkins. Welcome to episode number 23. It is March 2022 and we are recording episode 23 today. Um, I just want to always remind you to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player, whether that's Podbean or your iTunes Amazon Music, we're we're on all the great platforms. Also, make sure you visit our website. You can check out our online course as well as some of our links to different affiliates for if you need new glasses, if you need CPR and first aid training, pro first aid and with pro trainings, they actually have a great CPR and first aid course that can be completed online along with some other HIPAA and fire safety and self-defense courses. So if you yourself or maybe you know your office hasn't had an opportunity to get everyone trained this year, this may be a great option for you. So if you visit our website, medicalreceptionistnetwork.com, scroll down to the bottom, the link is there. You can uh, check that out. I have actually completed the CPR and it was a great course, very informative, and I definitely recommend it. And also, if you have not invested in the Medical Receptionist Handbook to Success, you can visit our website also for the book, or you can add it to your Amazon cart. And recently, we had a little issue with our online form. So if you're a manager or a a practice administrator, you were looking to enroll your practice in the group online training, that form has been uh, situated now and it's up and running. So if you visit medicalreceptionistnetwork.com and go to online courses, you're able to fill out the form and I can get your group enrolled to complete the course if that's something that you're interested in. And also for those individuals who are interested, you can also just purchase the course through our online store. Moving forward, today's topic is Why aren't things working out with our front office? There's many reasons why the front office may not flow. So why aren't things flowing? The first thing that always comes to mind is going to be communication issues. You have personality conflicts and, you know, just different work type, you know, work styles that people have. And maybe people are used to doing things a certain way and things have changed. So when you have personality conflicts, the easiest thing you can do is probably listen to each other and show respect. That is the best way to try to hear each other out, come to solutions and resolutions together for the better of your front office and for your patients and even for yourself because who wants to work in a hostile work environment? And one of the other issues that you sometimes see that can cause workflow issues is improper training. So generally, many offices have on-site training with other staff members, maybe a manager, maybe a supervisor, or someone who does your exact position and performs the same duties that you'll be required to perform. And if you come into a practice or facility at a time where they're extremely busy, you may not get as much training as you need. You may be able to observe a lot of things, but things might be moving really fast. And then by the time you're thrown into actually being the one responsible for taking care of the requests and dealing directly with patients, you are not ready. And so 
maybe at this point you or your coworker might be asking way more questions than expected. They're not pulling their weight because they don't want to make a mistake or they just have no idea what's going on. Or you have a great offer for your training or maybe you have online training or other systems training, but the person themselves just did not pick up or learn everything that they needed to learn in the time frame that say your average employee has learned it in. So what do you do then? Usually you're going to observe, you're going to see where those issues are and hopefully they can either repeat the training or spend a little bit more time with a seasoned coworker or a manager to get a better understanding. And some offices, especially hospitals and larger facilities have different things in place where they can not necessarily test, but do kind of a skills check or maybe having someone being observed if you have enough staff or to do that, to observe them. And so you can maybe redirect them in their interactions with patients or over the phone as they're going through it instead of letting them complete it wrong and then you tell them what they did wrong. So sometimes if someone is having issues in a specific area, observing them when they're making those specific kind of appointments or dealing with a specific type of phone call or you know any kind of issue of that sort, maybe you can observe them, give them direct feedback uh, so that they can see where that issue is. But you know, having improper not enough training is always going to sometimes cause an issue and cause a workflow. Now, granted, it takes time for people to be onboarded and to become fully integrated, right, with your with your front office staff and to understand their full workflow and to know all their responsibilities. But we kind of always have a benchmark of where people should be at one month's time, where people should be at two months time, where they should be, you know, in week two. And that always depends on the type of training that they receive. So that will depend independently on your group or practice. And um, if you think you need more assistance in that area or a better program, you need to re-examine what you do have to offer. Do you have reference materials? Do you have instructions, you know, that people can reference? Is everyone struggling in this one area? you know, and just have to look at it that way and see what else you can do to make it better. And if you're not in a leadership role and it's you who is having the issue, make sure you know who to speak with directly to get your questions answered so that you can have a better understanding of your position. Another issue that we see with why the office may not be flowing correctly is because you have seasoned employees who aren't adjusting to some of the newer changes. So perhaps, you know, you've been doing something for a long period of time, and we've definitely discussed this before, but now it's totally different and there's no choice, right? You have to do it in a different way. Some people are resistant of that. Some people are not welcoming of it, and maybe they are doing things the old way and causing whatever the next steps are to take more time or to be incomplete or something is missed because something went on an actual physical piece of paper as opposed to inside of your computer system or your EMR system. So sometimes we have to retrain our seasoned employees because they do a wonderful job. They're gonna be great with your patients. They understand the dynamics of your providers, your, you know, your clinical staff, and they understand how the place works, but they may not like or adjust well to different changes that may have taken place in recent time. So you always wanna be encouraging and acknowledge that 
and also put some things in place to help them adjust and also to work with your newer staff or younger staff, just depending on what, what you're dealing with. You know, you want to make sure that you have some things in place or at least pay attention to see if those type of issues are taking place at your front desk. And if you're at the front desk and you're experiencing that issue, make sure again that you discuss with your leadership or your manager so that everyone can kind of get on the same page because that's going to allow you to have a much more high functioning front desk process. So a couple ways to encourage people to improve their performance is, you know, providing step-by-step -step documents on how to do things. So they always have a reference. They're not always depending on you to provide them information. They're not always worried about interrupting you. They have reference documents and, you know, step-by-step -step documents. And if you keep binders and things like that, that people reference all the time, make sure you're going through them maybe once a year as, you know, how we spring clean at home. Maybe you do that in the office and you go back through and say, hey, does this still apply? Do we still do this? Do we still work with these referred to groups or, you know, or do we still want to hand this document to patients as it is and things like that, you know, make sure you're looking through everything, updating what needs to be updated and keeping current. The other thing is ask staff, coworkers and colleagues what they need, you know, ask them what would help them. Because if someone is struggling, usually they know that they're struggling. They're, it's been brought to their attention. They've been written up. They've had meetings. Uh, maybe even a patient has addressed something with them or one of your physicians have addressed something with them. So you have to ask them also what would help because people learn differently. People understand differently. And maybe someone understood a process to be one way because of where they worked before. Maybe that's how it was done and they thought that was the only way this particular process should go and they joined your group, you all do not do it the same way. So you just have to ask because sometimes what you are assuming or thinking that someone's not paying attention or they're ignoring the instructions, maybe they just really do not know and you just have to ask them or ask people to explain things back to you. That's a really good one. If you explain something or you show someone how to do something, ask them to show you right back or what you know what did you hear me say kind of thing so that you know that they understood your direction the way that it was meant to be given and also letting people observe you some people like to watch so if they can watch you make appointments or listen to a few of your follow-up calls or maybe listen to you work through a patient complaint or a more hostile person then they will feel more comfortable in what steps they need to take or how far they need to do something before having intervention with a manager or what kind of documents they need, what they need to hand to someone, about just seeing how long interactions should take. Maybe your average appointment, you take you know two to four minutes to get someone scheduled for a regular checkup. But if they're having a procedure or something of that nature, maybe those calls go five to seven minutes, but at least they can kind of see what you've done in that time to get that patient squared away and all set up. Another thing that also causes your, your front desk to not flow is a demanding patient population. And when I say demanding, I'm, you know, everyone expects things to be done right. Everyone wants their one-on-one -on -one time with their providers. Everyone wants to be respected and communicated with at the front desk. However, there are some people that just require a great deal of more time, whether it's on the phone, in person, via email, 
the portal. So some patients just need more time. They need more explanation. They have more questions. They have more requests. And that sometimes can be a little disruptive when you are running a busy practice, right? And you have lots of patients coming in and out, lots of phone calls. And you know, you have that one person who you have to be on the call for 15 minutes with. And while there's not so much you can do about that, but knowing everything else that you have learned in your training, you will know how to get those calls cut down by a few minutes by asking the right information from the patient, seeing what they're over, what is your goal here? What is it that I can help you with? What can I do for you? What is the the final outcome? What do you wanna see here? Because that way you'll know, can I actually help you or am I more so listening and taking a very detailed message for a manager, a nurse, or a doctor, you know, in your group um, or a therapist or something like that. So you sometimes you just have to listen and you have to be patient and you have to pick out the key points that are being made and then reassure the patient that someone will get back to them and hopefully the policy and the procedure in your office will have someone getting back to them pretty soon. When you're dealing with this in person in the office, a lot of times asking people, can you, you know, have a seat? I'll be right with you. Can you give me a moment? I'm gonna help the other person standing here because there might be people who just literally need to write their name on a piece of paper and there's someone who's standing there for 10 minutes and you're developing a line. So just politely asking someone to move over or you know maybe you slide the sign-in sheet over to the side, just being aware of your surroundings because I've seen numerous times where a front desk staff gets so caught up with the person in front of them, which we should be focused on, but there's three people behind that person. And now those people have been standing there, not acknowledged, not instructed to do anything and they can become frustrated. So you have to definitely learn how to manage the room, manage the multiple things that may be going on at once. Always as politely as possible, respectfully as possible, and making sure that the patient is getting what they need, but that everyone else is also being taken care of. And another issue that sometimes affects the flow is the different types of providers that you work with. Again, just like patients, some providers need more information to see their patients. They want to make sure maybe the records are available to them, that they have images, that this patient has multiple orders and that they are being scheduled for different procedures right away. And they may come up to you and communicate directly and say, hey, I need this person you know, to get in with this doctor next week and I need to make sure they have a copy of these labs and this. And this might be their level of detail with majority of their patients. And so when that person is working, maybe that's not your doctor that's on every day, but when they're working, you are you know, experiencing a different uh, flow than you normally would. So in that case, you have to be also prepared for that. So knowing the things that they usually ask for, right? So you can prepare if you have downtime and you know this provider is seeing Mary Jane. Mary Jane appears to need you know a surgical consult or a copy of her images you can begin to get whatever you need to get ready for that whether it's a consent form a release form just making copies anything like that so just being forward thinking will help you to keep the flow and keep things moving along as if it were any other day even though a provider may require a little bit more time and effort from you immediately as to where another provider may order all these things for a patient and all you have to do is give them their, you know, their discharge summary and then call them later to schedule and they're okay with that. You know, some providers may want everything done right then and there on the spot. And that's kind of what I mean by, you know, different provider styles, because that happens, right? That happens in medical hospitals, doctor's offices, all different specialties.
And the last thing that can sometimes cause an issue is your lack of compassion and appreciation for the job. You know, if someone has a bad attitude or a negative attitude, the energy within the office is going to feel different. If the person you work with every day is rude, they don't greet you, they don't greet the patients, they're doing their job, but it's literally, I'm here for a paycheck and I'm going home. And everyone's here for a paycheck, right? When you work, you want to be compensated. However, we work with people, we work with children, you work with elderly people, you work with sick people. You know, everyone that is coming to your place of business needs some kind of healthcare. And that is a very personal experience. So it is very important that you try to at the least be pleasant with everyone that you encounter because you again do not know what anyone is going through and they don't know you know what you're going through so you can't expect them to respond to you in your negativity and they can't expect for you to respond to them you know the same way so the best is to keep everything cordial greet people look them in the eye help them out get them whatever they need and hopefully you'll, you know, you'll be fine. But definitely, you know, if you're having a bad day, you need to step away from your desk, ask for those moments. I'm sure your colleagues understand everyone has a bad day. So that's all I have for us regarding why aren't things flowing. So there could be countless reasons why things don't flow, but those are some of the obvious and also I think more important ones and things you can do something about, right? Everything can be resolved in some way or made better in some way, even if it's just saving yourself two minutes by not having to make an extra click on your computer, you know? So different things like that, it's always, you know, good to Ex, uh, explore your different options. So today I'm going to read an excerpt from the Medical Receptionist Handbook to Success. And this one has to do with taking messages. It says, it is not the length that is important. The accuracy and clarity of the message is key. If you find that your caller is not being specific enough, have a few questions that will get the information you know to the doctor, nurse, or manager so that they can answer. For example, what symptoms are you experiencing? When did this start? Have you used any over-the-counter treatments? How long have you had the pain? When was the last time we refilled your prescription? Where would you like the letter sent? And then, depending on the nature of your practice, develop a short list of questions that will be appropriate and also save time during the call. Correct spelling of names, dates of birth, and phone number are also key, not only for messages, but for privacy and protection of the patient. If the patient is not willing to volunteer any information, at least they can be identified and assisted by the clinical staff or management who will be responding to them. Okay, so that is our excerpt for today. So take good messages. So today our definition is going to be CPT. So what is CPT? CPT is the current procedural terminology and it refers to a set of medical codes used by physicians, allied health professionals, and non-physician practitioners, hospitals, outpatient facilities, and laboratories to describe the procedures and services they perform. We use the term CPT all the time. You see the, the codes coming up on your super bills or you know in your checkout. Many people may not know that CPT stands for current procedural terminology unless you are doing some billing or you have had to reference the book to help out with some coding in your office. That information came from the AAPC.com. There's a lot of great information on their website. So if you didn't know what CPT is, now you know. And last but not least, are funny for today. And this is courtesy of rd.com. So this particular list is medical transcription errors. 
To paraphrase Mark Twain, be careful of medical transcripts. You may die of a misprint. The first one says, social history reveals this one-year-old patient does not smoke or drink and is presently unemployed. <laughs> well, I hope so. The second one says, on the second day, the knee was better and on the third day, it disappeared. Discharge status, alive, but without permission. Oh, shucks. <laughs> the next one says, exam of genitalia reveals that he is circus-sized. The next one, occasional, constant, infrequent headaches. We have, so that's headaches all the time and never. <laughs> um, the last one here says, she is numb from her toes down. So if you do transcription, make sure you're double checking and rereading so that you don't have any similar errors like these. Thank you guys for listening. Please visit medicalreceptionistnetwork.com. I am your host, Siobhan Atkins. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Medical Receptionist Network podcast show. Don't forget to visit our website, medicalreceptionistnetwork.com, and subscribe to our newsletter. If you're looking for a great resource for medical receptionists, make sure you grab your copy of the Medical Receptionist Handbook to Success available on Amazon. Lastly, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, please find us on your favorite podcast player and subscribe today. Until next time, keep being amazing.